Welcome to This Kind of Rocks. I am Nick, a.k.a. Punk Rock Nick Across the Web, and then today I'm joined by Terry Nat. Terry Gant, Gant. Uh, Third Coast Comics. Uh, I am at Doc Midnight on Twitter, and um, what else would I be? I'm, well, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm all over the place. I've got a variety of aliases. I'm in and out of your lives. Exactly, and today we are filming, uh, filming, recording live at location at uh, Third Coast Comics. And where is Third Coast Comics, Terry? We are 6443 North Sheridan Road in Rogers Park. Um, and today we are talking about the thing that rocks, and the thing that rocks is wrestling. And do you want to talk about comics, or do we want to focus on wrestling today? Well, so um, I own a comic shop. I talk about comics all the time. Um, I think probably even a lot of people, even in your listening audience, already know me and they've heard me talk about comics a million times. So if we get there, that's fine. But I'm going to talk wrestling. Sounds good. Because wrestling rocks. Wrestling does rock. So what got you into wrestling? I think when I was living in Texas, like so like kind of a, a elementary school years, I was living in Houston, and there were a couple of times when my dad might have taken me to like Lucha Libre, so I saw it live a few times, not quite understanding what the hell I was seeing, but like that was cool enough to kind of have it in the back of my mind all the time. Yeah. And then when we were living in Chicago, like in the kind of like late 70s, early 80s, I ended up kind of flipping channels, and then one night, like Saturday night's main event or something like that came on and, or maybe it wasn't that, maybe it was like another WWF product where it was like Hulk Hogan and they had like a, they had a cage match, but the cage was like a big blue kind of like jail cell kind of thing. Right. Okay. I thought that was really cool. And then, so Hogan was a cool dude, like just because, you know, he was body slamming big giant monsters of men around but that didn't really entirely captivate me. What got me, what really pulled me in, were wrestlers like um, Randy Macho Man Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who had a feud back in the day that I thought like these guys really hate each other enough to fight in the parking lots. Then I found out that they were actually wrestling companies that were putting on matches or promoting in such a way that their wrestlers really were fighting in parking lots. And I was like, man, this is insane, right? And then when I uh, discovered a company called World Class Championship Wrestling down in Texas with the Von Erich family, like the, the way those, those feuds were kind of written and set up, they were done like they didn't need elaborate costumes and things. It was just emotion, good guy versus bad guy. Like, you know, you guys, you bad get the fabulous freebirds free would have, like, you know, come out of the locker room, jumped the Von Erics, thrown, like, a, a pillowcase over one of the Von Eric brothers' heads, dragged him to the back, tried to hitch him to a pickup truck and drag him down the road, and damn it, next week the Von Erics aren't going to take that shit. Like, I got to wait a whole week to see the Von Erics not take that shit? I can't wait, you know? Yeah. It was great. So, um... Pretty much the things that got me in would be then old WWF TV, uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, and the NWA uh, having like Ric Flair and guys like that that were just sort of, they were a different type of wrestler than the WWF was giving you at the time and a different level of heated emotion than WCCW was giving you at the time. So knowing there was these different kind of attitudes that these companies could present to you was like really interesting to me. Okay. So... You've you've talked about what got you into wrestling. Yeah. What what are we? What kind of wrestling we're talking about? We're not talking about Greco-Roman wrestling like they do in the. Olympics. No, we're, we're talking, talking about professional wrestling. We're talking about something. We're talking about an 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 athletic endeavor in which, because you'd be bored to death if these dudes had to really like fight to the finish, mm. right? The outcomes are predetermined, but what happens in the ring is a lot of times spontaneous. Um, there's communication between wrestlers to get uh, to get a match done that a lot of times the fans can't pick up on. It's very mm -hmm. subtle, right? You can tell when a match is bad, right? Yeah. Because some, some people just don't really have a talent level to be able to pull this off without being dangerous, right? But when it's really good, it's phenomenal, 
right? Yeah. So you're you're seeing a combination of theater. You're seeing uh, um, an athletic like kind of combat sport. You're seeing backstage politics play out. You're seeing all kinds of different things. You, if you take what makes television interesting or any other sport interesting or drama interesting, and you wrap that all into like some kind of like spandex clad like like passion play, yeah. that's what you get. You get pro wrestling. Okay. Um, so we've talked about comics a lot, me and yeah. you. Um, what are like some parallels that you see between comics and wrestling? Um, archetypes. So one thing that comics does pretty well is it establishes not, not anyone can create a character in a comic that literally kind of transcends like kind of the comics industry and the standard monthly floppy format, right? That's not a thing that just works for everybody. Um, to create a character that like really resonates with a fan base, you have to be able to sort of create someone that fits the time in which we're reading the character, mm -hmm. has something about them that is unique or calls back to a previous age so that it hits you on an emotional level, right? And they have to be accessible in some kind of way, right? In right. wrestling, like, lots of guys will go to wrestle, but not everybody gives two shits about, like, the character a wrestler happens to be portraying. So let's say, for example, when Wolverine was a breakout comic book star of the, the 80s, right? When right. Wolverine became, like, a household name, he wasn't the first little angry dude in a in a comic book, right? He wasn't the last one, right? But right. the way that he that he interacted with the, the other X Men was something that really mattered to people, right? You right. didn't know a lot about his origin. That was intriguing. Yeah. He he was smaller than the other guys, but like there was no fight he backed down from. That was intriguing, okay. right? And then he, there was a subtle like kind of man pain to his character that was something you didn't expect, right? Mm -hmm. Wolverine is tailor made for like. Some stuff like some weird kind of power tool thing. <laughs> yeah, that was next weird. door, the AT and T store, right? right. So like, but Wolverine is that guy. Um, other comic book characters that, that were that guy. Gambit was that guy, breakout guy. Um, Deadpool, current yeah. breakout guy in a way. Yeah. Like um, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, breakout character. Right. Yeah. There are characters that like for Marvel comics every every like you know eight to ten years you get like someone to just show up and like. They're not like what you thought other characters were. They stand out. And in wrestling, it's the same. There are times in which a wrestler can wrestle for like, you know, eight years with one particular character. No one give two shits. Yeah. But then, you know, you dress that guy up like a wrestling, you know, slightly androgynous Oscar statue obsessed with Marlena Dietrich. And suddenly he's gold dust and everybody loves him. Okay. Right? Like that happens, you know? Like there's times in which you could take a guy and he's super super charming and positive and nice and he wears like frills and tassels and he's got like this crazy like streamer like kind of outfit and this little jerry curl kind of thing happening which was a hairstyle that did kind of work at the time for a dude who happened to be a kind of a muscle bound like not an ounce of body fat on him and people will chant die rocky die when he comes to the ring because they hate him so much but then you let him raise his eyebrow a little bit and talk shit to everybody he becomes the rock and people can't fucking stop looking at him right mm -hmm. they can't get enough of that dude right so it just it, it, it's not always easy to tell what's going to make a guy a breakout guy. Yeah. But in comics, it is about that same thing. Like, a, a, you can have a comic book that has been around, a property that's been around for, like, 50 years, but get another writer and artist on a thing, yeah. and suddenly everybody's like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Thor is a good example of that. Like, Thor is, you know, he's created by Kirby and Stan Lee, and he's somewhere around, like, 1964, 65, and he gets, like, you know, 30 years of comics that are okay comics, right? Right. But then one day, somebody writes a comic where this fucking alien dude comes along and kicks Thor's ass and takes his hammer, and, like, Odin's like, where the hell's my son? I've been looking for this dude. Like, 
he ain't around, and we got some stuff going down here. I need, I need, mm-hmm. you know, he, he uses magic power, and he's like, bring the wielder of Mjolnir to me, right? And Beta Ray Bill fucking shows up in, in Asgard, and Odin's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, hey, I'm, 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 Beta, Ray I'm Beta Ray Bill. He's like, what the hell are you doing with this hammer? And Beta Ray Bill's like, oh, some demon attacked me, and he had this, and it was a great weapon. I took it from him because he thought Thor was a demon, right? right. That storyline changed Thor's future with Marvel Comics. Because it basically took one little aspect of Thor's character, which was he who shall be worthy can wield the power of Thor. Yeah. And Beta Ray Bill was worthy. He thought Thor was a demon. So he was, he was powerful enough, strong enough. They fought. He won. Right? Mm-hmm. It just happened to end up in Asgard because he was holding the hammer when Odin summoned it back. Now, that changed. That gave you a new breakout character. Beta Ray Bill became a breakout character like 1986 for Marvel Comics. Okay. DC has breakout characters, too, but, like, I'm using the Marvel examples because to a lot of people, they Marvel's desire to constantly come up with something fresh and, and to stay front of mind works a little bit differently than it works in DC Comics. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, so you throw out a bunch of acronyms earlier. Um, with pro wrestling production companies. Um, oh, WWE, WCCW, WWF, NWA, sure. Yeah. Raw, yeah. Uh, and NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of those, which ones like were the ones that like got you in, and which ones are the ones that are like, this is the one you got to be following right now? Um, so right now, the, the bulk of the wrestling world is definitely watching WWE programming because they're the biggest company in the world, right? Okay. So that their shows are Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. That's pretty much the way that works. If you are a wrestling fan and you want the second biggest wrestling company in the world, then you need to be watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, Okay. which you can check your cable listings. You can watch some of that. I think the deal with New Japan on television, though, is because they're, the way their television works in general, you're not going to watch it live. And I think the, the network that will be carrying it, actually, um, they are only showing you episodes from like a year ago. So okay. there's, there's some significant delay. But the wrestlers you're watching mm-hmm. are top-notch guys, some of whom will end up working in the States at some point. Okay. Right? So I would definitely say that like, the way to go would be like, to watch those two. If, you can, if you're willing to like, put yourself out there a little bit and take a chance – on something that is not necessarily household name or the biggest wrestling companies in the world, then the best wrestling products I see are from Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. which is an East Coast-based company, and Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which is a West Coast-based company. Okay. Um, and you can also get your cable provider to give you Lucha Underground. Okay. Um, I yeah. think we watched the yeah. Lucha Underground a while ago. Definitely watch that, yeah. It's just like, what is going on? Why are there guys flipping around each other? Because, the diff- because in those cases... A little bit of attention is paid to storyline, but a lot of attention is paid to spectacle. Yeah. Right? Because that is the lucha way. Right? So you, you're watching guys flipping all over the damn place because there is no one saying to them, we're going to make you a star. All you got to do is two punches, three kicks, and a backflip. Right? You know, yeah. they're going to say, go out there and do what you do. Right? Go earn. You'll get paid. You stay on television. Right? Mm-hmm. Do that. And that's kind of what they do there. And that's the way the indies generally are. The independent wrestling companies work. in that. that's pretty much the philosophy. I have to go out there and tear the house down because I need to get booked someplace else next week, mm-hmm. you know, to hopefully get a paycheck, you know. Okay. Um, what are some of your favorite characters? Are some of the characters you grew up with? Um, and then what are some of your favorite characters now? My favorite wrestlers that I grew up with would be Kevin Von Erich, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Randy Savage, uh, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, um, who were like basically the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big Dusty Rhodes fan growing up. Um, I think now my favorite wrestlers are 
mostly like kind of so there's guys who have made it to the WWE and currently they're wrestling as Kevin Owens. Um, there was Daniel Bryan who uh, as Bryan Danielson he wrestled in the Indies, but he's pretty much most he's retired at this point. Okay. Um, they'd be like two of my favorites for sure. Uh, Samoa Joe. Um, I would say right now my favorite wrestlers are a guy who wrestles as King Ricochet. Um, he is Prince Puma in Lucha Underground. Okay. Um, but in the Indies, he wrestles as Ricochet or King Ricochet. He's probably my favorite indie wrestler working right now. Uh, Adam Cole, who just made it to the WWE's NXT program, um, is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. There's like for the Indies, it's like minor league baseball. There's a shit ton more guys yeah. working where you're not watching them, and you have to actually kind of work to seek them out. But yeah. once you find them, you know exactly where they'll be every weekend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like. You mentioned King Ricochet, yeah. and we talked a little bit about gimmicks, a little bit of yeah. Well, I don't want to use the word gimmick. No, you can use the word gimmick. They'll use the word gimmick. Okay. And gimmicks mean two things. Gimmicks are, well, they mean three things, really. There's gimmicks like uh, the, the character you're given by a company that you come up with yourself is your gimmick. Uh, there is things that get used in the ring, like, you know, blades or, like, you know, like uh, uh, chairs or, you know, Talcum powder thrown in the eyes, that's referred to as a gimmick. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also, like, your, your T-shirts at your table, the merch you sell, can also be referred to as gimmick, right? Okay. Because basically it's the wrestler saying, I understand, you understand. The T-shirts is kind of like, you're paying me to be here without you paying me to be here. Yeah. This is some bullshit, right? Gimmick is basically, this is some bullshit, but it's some necessary bullshit, and we're all going to agree that we just got to deal with it, yeah. you know? A lot of times you go to an indie show, and there's guys there selling shirts because... Who knows they're getting paid for the show? Yeah. But you buy the shirt, now they're directly getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Right? So what are some of your so I remember seeing uh John Darniel of the Mountain Goats yep. a while ago and he was talking about his second most recent album, Beat the Champ. Yep. Which is about pro wrestling, and he was talking about how the most important thing about a gimmick is that the guy in the back bleed nose has to nosebleeds, has to like get it from there. Um Right. So what is, like, one of your favorite gimmicks? Like, King Ricochet, what's, what's his So gimmick? in King Ricochet's case, I, I'm not entirely sure why he calls himself King Ricochet other than when he's wrestling as Ricochet, sometimes he comes to the ring with a crown. Like, he literally <laughs> is not a king. He doesn't have anything regal about him. It just works in Japan, right? He just sometimes wears a damn crown. Okay. But, and I think his Twitter is, like, at King Ricochet. Okay. It might be that. But um, gimmicks that you can understand from the cheap seats. Um, I've liked some really shitty gimmicks. <laughs> Like, I love Mantar. And I don't know why I love Mantar. It was like literally a dude trying to make you believe he was a real life Minotaur because Vince McMahon told him to do it. Right? <laughs> and I thought, like, little kid me was like, that is stupid and awesome at the same time. Like, if I'm going to believe that, like, Hulk Hogan can beat everybody, right? If I'm going to believe that, like, like, that. Some of the things I'm told to believe are real things, yeah. right? Then why am I why am I going to crap on the dude in the Minotaur costume? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense for me to crap on that dude. Exactly. Right? Um, but like actual good gimmicks, um, when when let's see, like Stone Cold Steve Austin's badass gimmick, right? When he when he went from being like the the sort of like the sort of technically rest, technical wrestling kind of Hollywood obsessed kind of like wrestling genius, when he went from that to being sort of like this I don't give a shit guy. Mm -hmm. The I don't give a shit nature was so on time for that era. I just loved everything about Stone Cold Steve Austin's character. I loved his stunning Steve character, mm -hmm. right, from when he was in WCW, but I really did love when when he had kind of went to the, the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. I really loved, like, Eddie Guerrero's Latino heat persona. 
right? Where he just, there was a brief moment where it was slightly insensitive, but man, there was a point at which him and his nephew Chavo were straight up like, we will we ride around in low riders and we will steal anything that ain't nailed down. And everyone got it, yeah. right? Everyone, lo- everyone actually got that they were doing this to people who were effectively assholes in the WWE. It's how they were getting over, right? Yeah. And it, I love that. I loved um, Goldust's wrestling Oscar statue. Yeah. Like, that's one that was instantly polarized in the second that you saw it and was great. Like, the fact that people were so freaked out by it was great for, like, audiences to have to just deal with. I hate or hated the, the Fandango and the dancing, dance instructor, something, something gimmick that he had. I didn't like that at all. Mm. I still don't like Well, now, I as a gimmick that I like, I like uh, his partner, Tyler Breeze, mm-hmm. um, has this sort of... He, he had this sort of like fashion police kind of thing going on. So they are, they are basically the fashion police, Breezango, right? I like the Tyler Breeze half of the gimmick more than I ever liked Fandango's half of the gimmick. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what else is there? I think, yeah, in the indies, you just don't see a lot of that kind of character. It's more about like the, the personality of the wrestler shines through more. It's in the bigger companies where somebody's got to come up with something to get you over. Most of that's about selling some additional product. Okay. We got to sell action figures, T-shirts, a cartoon show. Yeah. You know. So uh, now we, you got to be kind of, you know, that that hokey gimmick that needs to be understood from the cheap seats has to kind of really shine through. Mm-hmm. You know, like Hulk Hogan's All American Hero thing, you could tell from the cheap seats that was a thing that was working. But so was the NWO's invasion gimmick, right? Okay. Where they were basically sort of pretending to be their WWE personas when they hit WCW, right? But they couldn't use the same names. They couldn't wear the same colors. There's a lot of things that had to be different, mm-hmm. you know? And there's an example of a gimmick that kind of people love, but I hate it. Um, the uh, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, in the WWE as Razor Ramon, had to pretend to be Cuban, but he was an over-the-top stereotypical Cuban. Okay. And then even in WCW, when he was just Scott Hall, he still pretended to be Cuban, right? <laughs> when he's actually from Minnesota. Right? Okay. Not Cuban, Cuban at all. Yeah. Um, I had some questions prepared. All right. I'm going to put those back up. You prepped questions. I did prep questions. Canned questions. So what kind of gets people like, like we've already kind of gone into a lot of minutia here, but like what, what like gets people like just the glaze over expression or like kind of like, okay, we get it. You like wrestling. Like what, where does that like line kind of bit get drawn for you? Probably the second I started talking about it, most people's eyes glaze over. And then I, I doubled down. I started talking about independent wrestling and things they've never actually heard of before. And that's just because they're making me like, you know, they, their eyes started to roll. So now I got to keep talking about it. Yeah. Right? Like, in a way, I don't expect everybody I talk to about it to get it. But everybody's got something. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife was really obsessed with sushi. You yeah. know? Like, wrestling was my thing. Sushi was her thing. That kind of happens that way. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that with, with something, with anything somebody could be obsessed about or really into, you could... Uh, always have someone not into that thing, observe them doing it yeah. or, 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 or try to enjoy it, and you'll walk away like, what in the hell am I watching? But I've taken friends to indie shows, and they walk in completely skeptical, and then they walk out thinking, I'm going to go buy that guy's T-shirt. Right. right? That's what I'm going to do right now. Right. So in a way, it is re- pro, uh, pro wrestling, even at the indie level, especially at the indie level, is something that your mind gets changed when you see it live. Yeah, right? definitely. I went and saw, uh, there was a company that was short-lived called Midwest Championship Wrestling, and I went to a show out at the College DuPage one year. Okay. And Christopher Daniels was wrestling. His, his, his gimmick at the time was he was a, 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 an evil wrestling priest, right? Okay. And um, I bought, I, I, I enjoyed his wrestling so much that I bought one of his shirts, right? 
And the next month they came back again and I was wearing the shirt and I was like in the second row and Christopher Daniels did a lot of flips and stuff, right? Right. So in mid-match, Christopher Daniels runs to the, to the corner, climbs up the ropes. He's about to do a, a moonsault. He's about to do a backflip mm-hmm. uh, onto his opponent. And he looks down, he sees me, and he points, and he goes, dude, you're wearing a shirt. And then he does a backflip and lands on his opponent. Nice. And I thought, I'm sold. That's yeah. it. I'm in. Right? How cool is that, right? Yeah, no, There's I totally a dude get in the middle of a match who, who, I mean, of the 60 people in the room in this gymnasium at the College of DuPage points right at me. Calls me out because I'm wearing. I, he remembered that I bought a shirt from him, yeah. right? And your audience can't see, but I don't have like an every man's look, right? So that was cool, you know. That happens at indie shows. Yeah. You no, know? it's it's it, uh, talking with Tim uh, Mueller, a mutual friend of ours, yeah. um, about extreme music. It just is kind of like, well, it's kind of a hard sell sometimes, but once you're there, yeah, it totally like it's like, yeah, no, this is awesome. And, and Tim and I have talked about this too. The I have this rule with extreme music where if I can't read the band's logo, I can't listen to their music. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good the, the extreme noise, death metal, Swedish symphonic choir of doom may be. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I can't read the logo. I'm out, right? Right. But I can, I, I watch Tim tell me the names of bands and I laugh because I'm like, that, those guys are lucky to get paid beer money, right? Exactly. Like, how is that, what kind of career are they having in music? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I know the fan base is rabid and often a lot of nice guys and some bizarre guys, but yeah. generally a lot of nice guys I know. Yeah. Good dudes who love metal. Listen to like extreme metal. I can't do it. Yeah. But I know Tim can. You know. Yeah. I listen to a lot of metal, like a crap ton of metal. There's just there's a line that I have at the sort of like if I if I wore I feel like if I if I wore the t-shirt of some of those bands, the letters are designed to cut my arm off, right? Yeah. Like I can't. I'm not into it. Yeah. I totally get you. Um. So where would you say a person should get started if they want like if they want to get into wrestling? Where would they get started right now? Uh, if you wanted to get into wrestling right now, um, well, so the WWE Network has a great option for you. It's only like nine ninety five a month or something like that. And because Vince McMahon bought so many other companies' tape libraries, you get to basically watch a lot of the history of wrestling from like 18 different companies. Oh, wow. Right? So you could just go there, type the name. This is how I started with the network when I first got it was I started typing the names of wrestlers I liked in the past mm-hmm. to just see what was there. And just watching some matches. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great thing to do. If you think you remember watching Brett the Hitman Hart when you were a kid, yeah. get the WWE Network, type in Brett the Hitman Hart, see the list of matches, and just watch a few of them. Yeah. Right? Go to YouTube, type in the names of like some wrestlers. You know what I mean? Right. Type in Brett the Hitman Hart versus and see what comes up. And just watch a few matches. Like That's one way to do it. Right? That's right. probably the best way. I would say YouTube makes it so you can get into a lot of the stuff for free yeah. right? without having to do like subscriptions to this, that, and the other thing. You know? So... Also, if you have like wrestling fan friends, one thing to do would be if they're doing a, a like a, a viewing, like they're gonna watch or whatever, go and like hang out with them and just lurk kind of at the back of the room, yeah, you know, and identify what you liked about it and what you didn't like about it, right? It's right. not a huge investment on your part, right? Chip in for pizza or something like that, right? All you're out is five bucks on some pizza, and you still had a probably had a good time. Exactly, you know? yeah. like like that's how I I yeah. kind of gotten into watching wrestling. Yeah. Is like my friend was like, "Hey, want to come over, hang out, and eat, watch, ta- watch tacos, <laughs> eat tacos, eat tacos, <laughs> watch, watch wrestling." It's yeah. like I'm down with two of those right. things. <laughs> tacos and wrestling. Like, you, maybe you're not there for the tacos, but a, a beer. I mean, maybe not there for the wrestling, but a beer and a taco is not bad. Exactly. And maybe you saw some interesting wrestling. I think wrestling fans go wrong. Fans of anything that they're obsessed with go wrong by wanting to share it with their friends, but needing them to buy in immediately. Exactly. Which almost never happens, right? So instead, like, 
just kind of allowed them to hang out at the fringe, come and go as they please, like many things. I'm obsessed with baseball. It's kind of the same, you know? Right. Sometimes I go to watch a baseball game. I'm actually watching the game. But I realize if I got one friend I'm at a baseball game with and they're willing to run back and forth to the food vendors, great. Right. I still win, right? right? They're at the game. They're getting the hot dogs and the beef sandwiches and the pizza and the nachos and three beers. I'm good with that, right? I get to still watch baseball. I've right. done fantasy every sport that you can imagine. Right. I did fantasy NASCAR one year, right? <laughs> I actually <laughs> happen to also like NASCAR, right? Fantasy NASCAR was a lot of damn fun. But I knew damn well I had to do it with strangers because there was nobody else I knew. And anyone else I knew who was in a NASCAR, I didn't really want to talk to about it. Yeah. Because they're probably too into it. Right. right. That, that thing also happens with wrestling. Right. Right. I'll, I'll be someplace. And I've said many times, that even with comics, the worst thing about fandom X is the fans. Right. You know, I, like fans ruin everything. Right. right? Totally. Humans ruin everything. Fans are horrible people. So since fans are horrible people, there are times in which I like I was at the post office a, a couple weeks back. Right. And I'm standing in line and a guy is in line, two people behind me. And I turn around and I realize I look at his shirt. He's wearing a, a there's, there's an image on his shirt of a wall with a hole in it and a big burly construction worker looking dude on his knees half in and out of the wall and a stormtrooper helmet who, that is rolled across the floor. And I saw that and I thought, that dude's a fan of wrestling because I got that shirt. He, had, he was wearing a Shockmaster shirt, which is the most, the Best worst busted gimmick, the the worst botched gimmick in the history of wrestling is this thing. Mm -hmm. Just go to YouTube and type in Shockmaster debut, right? And you will see something you can't unsee. This dude had a shirt for it, right? (laughs) And I thought at the post office, I need to talk to that guy. But then I thought to myself, I'm going to find out that that's the best thing about this guy's wrestling fandom. Mm -hmm. He gets this shirt, right? Right. But now we got to talk about fucking Dusty Rhodes for two hours. And I can't do that, right? Like, I right. need to get away. I got I to gotta go places. Yeah, you know? I, got, I got shit to do. Yeah, like, if I, if I, so what I said to myself, if I see that dude at the bar, I'll talk to him. But in the post office, time and place, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I, 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 so I turned to him and I was like, nice shirt, right? right. That was good enough. Exactly. And I get that sometimes when I wear my pro wrestling gorilla shirt, right? Right. People go, nice shirt. I'm like, all right. But I don't want to stand there and talk pro wrestling gorilla with the guy because I just don't know. I'm afraid he might be a crazy person. Right. Because fans are crazy people. Fans are crazy people, yeah. but, you know, there's... They, like they, they're, they're kind of like fuel to the fire at at, yes. at, at at a certain point. You can tell sometimes like you're at, you're at a. Uh, it, this happens to me like in at comic book shows. I walk through the show and I'll see like you know like a, a creator who's like African American sitting behind a table, and they will look up at me with the, those eyes that say, "I too am black." Right, <laughs> and they will immediately they want me to come over because they they know I'm gonna buy this thing from them because they're a black creator and I'm like I'm a black comic book fan. And what ends up happening is I walk by because I'm going to meet my friends, right? Right. And I I I know they're thinking, fuck, brothers don't support, right? right. And I don't want them to know that I own a comic shop because then for sure I gotta buy it, yeah, right? I now I gotta buy five damn copies to put in the shop, right? And they don't want to have an art critique from me, right? You know, so I end up with like this thing where if a friend that I trust in the industry introduces me to a guy. Now we're good. Right. right? That guy's been vetted. Right. But the number of times somebody looks at you and you walk over and it's a comic with incredibly questionable content. Right. And in questionable and lots of questionable technique. Then I just don't want to be I don't want I don't want to engage with this guy and right. waste his time. You know, it just freaks me out. Yeah. Right. Um, that feels like a good place to stop um again i'm nick aka punk rock nick across the web i'm joined by terry aka doc midnight on twitter watch wrestling 
All of it. Watch, well, okay, some of it. Watch some of it. Some of all of the wrestling. Watch it. Thank you, Terry. Bye.